92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interview. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interview. On 92.9 FM, ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly As soon as it drops We're on a rampage Bubbles popping up Before you know where There's rubble and dust Cause we'll be pushing it up Somebody say You Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock and then Jeffrey will unpack for us a colossal week in college football every year. And I've, I don't know if I've told you all this, but every year at the start of college football season, I go to the bank. And I get out 10 crisp $100 bills. And I walk in before the first, very first college football game. And I give those 10 crisp $100 bills to Jeffrey. This is how I've been funding my retirement. And Jeffrey takes that money and he invests it. And at the end of the year, he gives me back the 10 100s. And they're a little, at this point, they've been, they've been used. They've been put to good work. So they're, they're a little, they're not as crisp as they were when I gave them to him. Uh, but there they are. And then back comes another stack of bills, it's oftentimes as big as the original stack. And it has been a, really my never fail system of investment until last year when it faltered. Let's just say that. And, uh, and I once again, uh, with renewed confidence, uh, I came in and, uh, and I gave Jeffrey the stack of 10 $100 bills and and right now, Jeffrey, what's the status of those ten one hundred dollars? How are they faring? Well, Jeff, we made two hundred and fifty dollars last week, so that's all we really care about. We're climbing back out Correct. of the hole. Correct. We are climbing, not unlike that Buffalo Bills fan who we exactly. mentioned earlier in the in the week, who broke, who leapt a fence, broke into a porta potty, covered himself with feces, fell into a hole. That's how I felt. I'll be honest, Jeffrey. I don't want to be critical. Far be it from me to be critical. Mm-hmm. Of course. That's yes, how yeah, I yeah. felt after week two. Yeah. Like I was covered in feces and in a deep hole. But the climb has back has commenced. And how are you feeling about this week's uh, slate? Uh, we, we got a decent-sized card. We, we got plays that we got – Listen, it's it's a big weekend. There's a lot of games that could go either way, but we, we are not backing down here at Jeff's bets. Do you feel a... I got 16, there, 16 plays. There are so many uh, big games this weekend. Yes. Do you feel an obligation to bet? Like, yes. for example... Yes, it is my responsibility. <laughs> it is my responsibility. These are the times that try men's souls. We have eight games. Eight games of two teams that are 3-0 and or better. That is the most uh, games of two teams that are 3-0 and or better since the FBS-FCS split in 1978. Those games are uh, Ohio State versus Notre Dame. We have a play. Colorado. You have a play? Okay. Colorado versus Oregon. We have a play. Here's one. I, it, it may have slipped through some people's radar, but also a matchup of undefeated. Rutgers at Michigan? We do not have a play. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I would worry about degeneracy there, Jeffrey. So uh, UCLA, Utah? We have a play. Oregon State, Washington State, the uh, left behind bowl? Uh, Jeff, who who invented Oregon State? 
<laughs> All right, you have a play. Uh, Iowa, Penn State. We do not have a play. That, there's do too not, many injuries in that one. Too many injuries in that one. It is interesting. It's a whiteout game. And Penn State, people, you know, one of the great, I don't know why the Penn State whiteout became a thing, but it obviously is a thing. But against ranked teams in the whiteout game, you're like, oh, who wants to tackle Penn State in a whiteout? Yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's it's seven and seven against yeah. ranked teams, uh, straight up. So uh, so and, it's because they and usually Brazil, do the whiteout game against the best teams they yeah, play. They yes, them, exactly. They do really good teams, but they're still at home. You would think Correct. they would be better than seven and seven. It is Penn State. They are at home. It is a whiteout. Uh, BYU Kansas also a matchup. Of we undefeated. have a play. Oh my God! And of course, the other matchup of undefeated: Memphis, Missouri. In St. Louis. We do not have a play. That line stinks. Uh, stinks in the sense of it should, it feels like it should be bigger. So because it is six, six and a half, six and a half now? What Correct. Is it, uh, half? I think it's still six and a half. When you mean they've not, stinks, they've you not moved it over a touchdown. Which there's is, something too damn peculiar about it. Because you want it, with all due respect to Memphis, and despite the fact that Missouri may not have their starting quarterback, appears unlikely to have their starting quarterback, you're like, it should be bigger than this. And so it's just, you smell a trap. Is yes, that it? exactly. You, and you I don't trust Memphis enough to spring the trap. Uh, uh, so, and, and so there's all, those are the eight games between two teams that are 3-0 and or better this weekend. Um, but in addition to that, we have other games, you can argue some of the, Alabama Ole Miss, as big as most of those games, it feels like, certainly locally it feels like that, um, is not obviously two undefeated teams. Do you have a play? Oh, we have a play. You have a play on that one. How about A&M and Auburn? We have a play. And I have breaking news, Jeff. Yeah. The, the system might have died on that game. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, so it is a fantastic week of college football. We'll do that in the second hour. I'm down here in uh, Mobile uh, at a, uh, a Memphis Bar Association event uh, where I'm on the I'm on the inter- I'm part of the entertainment here uh, at lunch today. That's that's why I'm down here, uh, and that's why I am I am on the phone. But Chris Harrington. Uh, it, Jason Smith, then Chris Harrington, then Jeffrey's uh, bets. Before I get more to the college football slate, um, there were developments last night involving your New York Giants, and they were as predicted. Were there developments? Uh, they, I, they lost. The development was they lost a game, thirty to twelve. It it was it was a one score game in the third quarter. Like you could argue, Plucky Giants. Blitzing like crazy, right? Blitzing like crazy, plucky giants, all of that. And yet the truth of the matter is it wasn't really ever in doubt. The yardage was 441 to 150. Uh, Brock Birdie now 8-0 and as a starter. The weapons do so much to work there. I'm out on him. You're out on him. Yeah. He was not great. He was not great. I'm out. They blitzed him like crazy. You're out on him. I'm and out. Does that, does that give you pause about how they're sealing long-term? Yes. I mean, like, they're sealing in the playoffs? Yes. No, and I want to be clear. I am very fascinated to watch this idea of we're going to be a team that's quarterback agnostic and right. we're going to have so many other great players all around him that he can't fail. I, I just think it's going to come down to it. Some game they're going to have to have. They're going to have to have a big drive. He's going to have to make big throws, and I don't think he can do it. Christian McCaffrey, 119 yards from scrimmage. Devo, Devo Samuel, 129. As I was saying, they have awesome guys around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's right. going to get I mean, Debo killed. Like last night, that was the other thing. I, I was just feeling for Debo because Debo's sitting there. Every throw's behind him. Every throw is like he's just hospital throw after hospital throw. And I'm just sitting there going like, this is this is unfair to Debo. This was all without Brandon Ayuk, obviously. Uh, but Ronnie Bell, right, listen, they may blow their top five picks, but, but they, they hit they to, hit after they that. Hit, the seventh round, they're awesome. Uh, because Ronnie Bell, seventh rounder, looked fabulous as well last night. Well, that's an interesting thing because you had forecast 
uh, when we picked before the season began, you said 49ers in the Super Bowl. You are now, yep. if, you could, if you could do that over, you would not? I don't think so. I, I, yeah. I don't think you're I out on Brock Purdy. Yes. Could Captain Andrew Luck step right in and, uh, and be better? That, that was absolutely magnificent. Andrew Luck shows up uh, at the game. Ha, ha, ha. And... With his flip flown? I'm so smart. <laughs> oh, I went to Stanford. <laughs> I did like the come on. He's wearing. The, he's, he was the original, like, he was the original Herbert. Like, the, the internet hype the, was way over what his actual production was. God, Jeffrey's hate is strong. He's wearing, yes, he's buying into it. the joke. The Captain Andrew Luck Twitter account was brilliant. Andrew Luck shows up wearing a Union General. You're mean spirit. I don't want my quarterback reading books. I want him watching films. You, you, you are a man who holds a grudge. Uh, anyway, so there was, okay, there wasn't, let's be honest, it wasn't really much in the way of developments. It was entirely expected. One of the interesting things that we see is, and we've already talked about how the Jets are um, dead. Are, are, are a dead, but be on national TV a bunch, right? Yes. Like so, they're going to be inflicted on us. You know who else is going to be inflicted on us? Uh, the Bears. Mm, yeah, the but that's actually Bears. fascinating. But that's fascinating. Don't you like watching the train no wreck? No one really likes watching dysfunction that much. Like, here's yes, we one. do. You know, you, you know what the Sunday night game is? It's funny. Like last night, you're watching that game, and it's. It, it, I saw a lot of stuff in the first half. Like this, is a bad, a bad game, bad Thursday night game. It's just an NFL game. Most game matters are not actually electric. If you're limited to one NFL game, yes. they're not act. It, like that one turned out to be perfectly. It was perfectly. They ended up scoring thirty points. Like it was, you know, it was. They covered the spread. I think they hit the over. Like you know, um, it it it, it might have felt along the way like a bad NFL game, but that's because most NFL games are not actually electric, right? But anyway, Sunday night, Sunday night game this year, this weekend. Steelers, Steelers, and uh, it's Steelers and Raiders, right? Steelers and Raiders, like that might have been great in 1976, but the Raiders stink. Steelers, I guess, can they get right? Maybe, maybe there's still enough. There, those teams aren't dead enough that it's still interesting, but that's not a good game. No, but I would, game? I would actually like to see, I would like to see Kenny Pickett against a defense that doesn't just immediately win at the snap every single time because like I have, well, I have concerns. The right defense. They're facing the right Correct. defense. Correct. Um, meanwhile, by the way, you may be out on the 49ers, but one of the teams in the NFC uh, that seemed like it might be able to challenge the Eagles and the 49ers uh, for supremacy in the NFC. How about the Cowboys? Cowboys? Big blow. Trevor Diggs. Uh, goes down, lost for the season. Trayvon, ACL. right? Trayvon, is that what I said? Yeah, Trayvon Diggs lost for the season in uh, in and uh, with a torn ACL last week. Of course, I I, I shouldn't even say this. He tweeted out no about his Go brother ahead. Stephon Diggs. Mm. Ah, go Bills. What he said was, "You've got to get him to a safe place." That's what he said about Stephon Maybe he should have gotten his knee to a safe place, Jeff, right? <laughs> I, I far be it from me to say maybe he should have gotten himself and his knee to a safe place. Does that make me sound petty and bitter? Yeah, maybe but... he should have gotten his knee. Maybe I don't want to... I don't want to say karma's a B, mm-hmm. but karma's but, a you bill. know, the evidence karma speaks for itself. Bill. The karma evidence speaks for itself. The evidence does speak for itself. Um, that's small of me. That is small of me. The thing is, the point. thing is, though, to make isn't this, this also perfect, Cowboys? Like, I do like it, when things make sense. Like, the Cowboys riding high, they look awesome. They look as much of a juggernaut as the Niners awesome. do. And then the other thing is, like, you hear about you, you'll hear about injuries during practice, during training camp. I feel like you never hear about them during the season. And the guy tells you his ACL. I'm not. I'm not glaring in that. I don't wish him to tear the his, uh, his ACL. It's too bad. It's it, too bad. It we, is, we don't ever root is, for this, of course. It is a blow. It is a blow for the Cowboys. Back to college football in a moment. Uh, there was Grizzly stuff yesterday, sort of floating around. Right? Did you take offense at any of oh, the? Oh, that that. Uh, there were various 
there were various slurs. Uh, Evan Turner said the team should move to Seattle. No, no, Evan Turner was the, they should move it up to Nashville. Nashville, move to Nashville. He said the team should move to Nashville. Uh, What were the other, what were the other? So you had, so Reddick said Kansas City. Yeah. The thing, the, the, the problem that I had was the, the prompt essentially that JJ used was if you could put an NBA team in another city, where would you do it? So it was essentially like an expansion team. And then Evan Turner was the one that turned it into. Correct. I, I think the way you phrase that question, it's actually there's ambiguity. Does that mean if you could put a new NBA team in another city? I actually think that's where JJ. I don't think JJ Redick was trying to uh, cause offense to any current market. I think he was imagining the question the way that you interpreted it. If you could, he was put basically a, saying like, a, "What other NBA good team, cities would you, you like to see a team right, yes. what, that doesn't have an NBA team?" But you can interpret that as meaning if you could pick up and put an NBA team. Like, I don't, I don't think that Evan Turner actually <clears> – I think he misinterpreted the question. I think he interpreted the question to be, I need to pick up. And if you could put a team here instead of here, where would it be? Because I don't, I don't think the question itself is completely clear as to what he means. I think J.J. Redick meant expansion. I think Evan Turner – but listen, I'm just not going to get offended. Like, I'm just not going to get offended. I lived through the Phil Jackson saying Memphis looks like Dresden after the war era, right? Like sure. I, 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 it's going to take more than Evan Turner saying that to make me feel offended. And by the way, I think people can say whatever they want right now about the Grizzlies. And it's fair. Like I, whatever you want to say, just shut up and take it. Right or the or honestly or, or the market right now just shut up and take it and do better. I mean, like because then the other the other story that we saw yesterday, this came from Drew Hill, and I don't know where Drew got this brilliant idea, but Drew decided to go back and look at the media day stories from last, last year, from last year. Okay, and uh, one of the stories was John Morant dismisses his critics who say he parties too much. Correct. That was one of the stories. Here are the quotes from Ja. Ready? I feel like that's something that's simple, but hard for some guys. As for me, my job allows me to have fun. As long as I'm taking care of business on the court, it allows me to have fun. I always feel like life is short, so you have to enjoy yourself. At the end of the day, for me, if I can't party and go to the gym, then I won't do it. Whenever I go out, I'm in the gym the next morning bright and early. I see a lot of stuff on Twitter like he parties too much, he drinks too much, but they don't see the back end of it. They don't see me working out the next morning. They don't see me back to the house at 4 a.m. Back, they don't see me back to the house at 4 in the morning and then be back at the gym at 9 a.m. They don't see none of that. It's a, uh, first of all, it is interesting. It's a reminder that before last year began, there were even jobs, like, Ja, was, ja brought up what he sees on Twitter. People were already saying he parties too well, much. Well, you got to also remember, this was the remember this was the summer of Ja going. This was the beginning of this was him at the, ja and going and the, and live. The fans. Yes. Yeah, and this was Ja going at it with Warrior fans and all of that, and he parties too much. Yeah, but like remember, this like was, he had they had that, house, the they had that party house. With the, they had, yeah. remember they had a party house in Arizona, and he was going live. And I remember right. thinking like. This is weird. Like I, I don't, I didn't care that he was partying. It's like going live. I was like, this is weird. But like, so, 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 literally last year, he's saying a lot of guys can't do it, but I can. Basically, the regular rules don't apply to me. I, I have to say, when your, when your explanation and your defense is, I can roll in at four in the morning and be in the gym at nine. That's a worrisome. Like, with all due respect. I'm not saying NBA players can't be out till four in the morning occasionally, but if you were regularly out to four in the morning, you were not your best self as an NBA player. Can we agree on that, Jeffrey? So, because uh, I'm with you. However, Chris mentioned to me that he looked it up. Jaws uh-huh. road splits are really like he's like you can't really tell that there was a difference. Really, where well, I think the but what I think is what I think the the road aspect. I think the problem is. I think Ja can do it. I'm not sure everyone else can do it. 
And I think sometimes he was roping them into going with him. And I think that was another riff in the locker room. You saw at a certain point, the rest of the team's like, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, we're, You're, we're, right. You're yeah, killing us, Josh. We can't except do this anymore. Except they weren't out with Josh. Josh was out. Well, Josh, that's why I think the split happened. I think that's like you started seeing like, like the Denver thing that there was no one else really other than John and his crew. It was just, yeah. Anyway, I guess my larger point is if people want to, Memphis is going to take shots. If, if, uh, I don't mean so much the city, um, the franchise players are going to take shots and they're going to take shots because of the way last year unfolded and the way the embarrassment and against the Lakers unfolded, like they're the, the, you know, the way Christmas day unfolded, they're going to take shots and there's nothing to do. And so if you're going to be upset about Evan Turner saying something like brace yourself, because there's, there's going to be a lot of this coming and there's an easy way to address it. And the way to address it is to be your best self to be just the team win, baby. Can be on the basketball court, just win baby. In the meantime, we had Jaron Jackson jr. Uh, tweeting deep thoughts, mm-hmm. um, uh, channeling Zebo, obviously Zebo's deep thoughts. And this is what uh, Jaron Jackson jr. Tweeted. If you seek it, you won't find it because seeking is the reverse of happiness. So my favorite thing about this tweet was, uh, my favorite part was, he wrote out you, and then two words later, that's too much. Then he just used the letter U as a filler. Like, I like that. (laughs) If you seek it, you won't find it. Well, let's let's do do you believe in the truth of this quote? Here we go. If you seek it, you won't find it. Because seeking is the reverse of happiness. True or false, Jeffrey? I think that's false, correct? Because it's false. That is so false. That is the idea that wanting something and going after something and aspiring for something is itself destructive of happiness, means you can't be happy, is insane. It's completely well, insane. You know, it's, it's like, why ever have a goal? <laughs> yeah, why have a goal? I'm sorry. If you've got a goal, you're unhappy. Correct. That's the reverse of happiness. With all due respect, Jaron has had goals his whole life. He's, I, I suspect Jaron would tell you he once aspired to be an NBA player. I suspect you're correct. He, he, does that mean he can't be happy because he sought that? What a stupid quote. There's, a, there's, another, there's another quote that is it's less uh, cerebral, but is, uh, uh, that, that would apply to this. That, that is the opposite. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Yeah, again, not true. <laughs> not true. Like, if you don't know where I you're going. That's 100% true. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you to wherever it is because you don't have any plan to where you're going anyway. So what the hell? That's all, that is 100% accurate. Well, but then you're not going anywhere. Like, the problem is the, the fallacy at the beginning is – like if you don't if you don't have a destination, you can't arrive at a destination. Like it, if it's you it's a problem. Don't at the have beginning. a destination. It, literally, not moving could be the destination, and any road will get you there. Any road will get you there because anywhere is where you're happy to be. Right, it's, but you yeah, but you you didn't actually the get there. Quote, you just and, got somewhere. And dramatically more. It is funny how it is interesting to me. There's a there's a Steve there's a Stephen Jobs quote. That from whatever reason, I call him Steve. Steve is uh, is it's it's gotten new, um, it's gotten new circulation on 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 Facebook. It started to pop up multiple times on Facebook, and it's Stephen Jobs, Steve Jobs, on his deathbed, saying, "Listen, in the end, achievement doesn't matter. What really matters is spending time with the people you love." Essentially, it's some version of that. Like, right? It's some version of that. Sure. Well. Two things about this. I have become skeptical enough that if you have, by the way, or one of the people who've seen this quote on Facebook, as I have by multiple people uh, posted recently, go to Snopes and see if he said that. And the answer is, no, he did not. It's a complete fake. Uh, This is supposedly his last words and a complete fake. But what's also interesting then is it does seem to me that sometimes people who ascend to great accomplishment, great wealth, great whatever, right? Sure. By dint of working their ass off, 
by being single-minded, by being focused on that thing, by not just worrying about being present or whatever, but by actually being damn ambitious and directed and whatever else. Once they achieve that, you'll sometimes get this, their theories in the, in the case of Jaron Jackson Jr. will completely contradict their own path. Sure. Right. Like yes. they, all of a sudden you become Zen masters when you, when you have achieved a billionaire status, but it was, I mean, I think, isn't that the whole point of the book of Ecclesiastes? It's Solomon who had it all. And it's, it's like life is meaningless because he had it all. You know, sadly you've, you've now, I'm going to have to brush up on my book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, that was Jaron. If you seek it, you won't find it because seeking it is the reverse of happiness. Memphis goes to St. Louis seeking a win or not seeking a win. Maybe they're not seeking, seeking a win. Seeking a cover? <laughs> no, seeking a cover. Statement loss? Statement, no, they're seeking a win. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. It's, they're allowed to seek it and allowed to seek it. Now, it is, it's ostensibly a neutral game, but if you look at the end zones, it doesn't appear to be decorated to be a mm-hmm. neutral game. It's going to be a home game. Well, let's for, not leave the 50-yard line out of it either. It's going to be right, exactly. It definitely does not look like a, like a, uh, does not look like a neutral site game. Uh, Brady Cook, uh, the banged-up Missouri – do you know you do know much about his backup Sam Horn, which is truly a great name, uh, legendary name, Sam Horn. Yeah, but should um, he be playing in Texas? That feels like a Texas quarterback name. I'm not even saying at the University of Texas, but I'm saying like that guy should be at Texas Tech. That guy should be at TCU. Like that 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 feels like a Texas quarterback name. From Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, he wears number twenty one, and it drives me insane. Highly recruited dude, um, a big arm. Actually plays baseball as well. Carrick Jackson, former Memphis uh, Tiger coach, is going to be his coach, presumably, presuming he plays both sports again this year at Missouri. Big arm. He has only, however, he has only thrown five college passes in his life. One touchdown, one pick. Um, I don't actually know if he plays. The hope is, from a Memphis perspective, that he stinks. I sure. don't know that's a guarantee, no, even I, though he wears number 21. I don't think it is a guarantee. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but I guess for this game, I'm less interested in Missouri's offense. I'm way more fascinated about Memphis's offense because if they're going to win this game, at some point they're going to have to start doing something with the football when it matters. Right. And and you believe they are not doing the things with the football when it matters? I mean, or you believe? I, they're not. They're not. They're not converting on third downs. They're not finishing drives very well. And they're going up against a team that's going to beat them up front. Are they going to still try to, like, stubbornly run the football? Well, uh, the answer to that is yes. I mean, I don't. if we know anything about Memphis, isn't the answer to that yes? We will learn something, I do think, about the nature of the nature of Memphis's weapons, right? Like, yeah. there's been this this conversation about that the weapons are dramatically better. And it does appear that in Blake Watson, that they found a running back, right? It does feel like they found a running back, but I think we'll learn a lot about the real nature of those weapons uh, this weekend Um, that, you know, can they do, can they do, uh, you know, what they did against inferior opposition? Can they do it against Missouri? Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, I felt like last week, and again, I'm not, I, I do understand part of football is you can make a mistake of thinking what happens in one week is going to apply to the next week. But the problem that I saw with last week was they had multiple opportunities to put the game away, and they did not even, like, they just didn't have successful plays. Even when they ran the football, the numbers looked fine, but it really was just a bunch of, you know, like explosive runs, but right. down to down, they were not very good. No, I buy that. Do you, by the way, by the way, do you think this is a, I was discussing this on Gabe's show yesterday. Do you think this is a free, this qualifies as a free shot for Memphis or is it more complicated than that? No, I think it's a free shot because like, like I do understand the thought of like, you need it as a resume win if you're going to, if you're going to accomplish all the goals. 
But the reality is you still have everything. Like, if you get to 11-1 and and win the league, like, you're still going to be right there in the conversation. I guess the reason that I would push back a little against the free shot, free shot implies only gravy if you – like, it's total upside, no downside, right? Yeah. And and I guess my 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 argument would be that this program and Ryan Silverfield are so desperate for some momentum changing win that free shots are no longer free shots. In other words, when Tulane played Ole Miss, with a that was for, that was for Tulane a total free shot. Willie Fritz, everyone thinks he's great. He's already, you know, being named for other jobs. He's done a great job resurrecting that program. And so, sure, if they could beat Ole Miss with a backup quarterback, that's a free sh- that is a free shot. Because even if they lose, you're going to think they're great. You're going to think that what he has done at Tulane is is remarkable and that they're on the right track. The reason this might not be as free a free shot anyway is that they need it more. Like it, it's not just a hey, no big deal if we lose. If we lose, you're left with a program that drew twenty three thousand for a nationally televised game against Navy. That's not a free shot. This team needs this win more than a free shot implies. Okay, so I guess how I would, uh, where I would disagree on that is what you're talking about is more feelings around the program, and I would say that's the result of how Ryan has marketed his team. But in terms of this actual football team, the next two weeks I think are probably more – I certainly think the two-lane game – or whatever, three weeks because there's a buy in between. The two-lane game is the most important of these next three. But this game really does fall into, like, you're not favored. If you, if you win it, like, it does maybe help you in terms of getting some people back. But I don't know if, like, it, it – like dramatically changes your circumstances. I think it's the start of a big shift in momentum. If they, it, it could be the start of a, of a needed big shift. Yeah, but then but if that's the point, then like, but, what no, if they lose right. to boys? They gotta, no, that's true. Well, that's always true. Like if you, if you follow up a big victory by a colossal loss, mm-hmm. uh, then you're, then, then all momentum is gone. What did Memphis do after Memphis beat Tennessee in football? Do you recall? Did they lose the next weekend? We know they did after they beat Mississippi State uh, under Ryan. But I don't like that Tennessee game as a one-off. Now it stands, you know, on a mountaintop on its own because be, they beat Tennessee. But in the end, you, of course, you have to follow. Uh, you have to follow up with another victory. We got Jason Smith coming up next. Before that, I'll remind you one of my favorite times to get into O Call is in the autumn, and it's a little bit of a snap in the air now. Uh, I like Saturday mornings at O'Call. Uh, they're, they're, they're talking football, uh, and, uh, and you can get in there. Yes, I was about to say they lost to East Carolina. They did. I confirmed. They lost to East Carolina. Yeah, see, so you, know, you got to back up. Anyway, O'Call, they're talking football, and the clothes are absolutely beautiful. And right now, there's, uh, you know, you got, uh, you, got the, you, you got the quarter zips. You got the outerwear. Uh, in, in addition to all the other beautiful sport coat, literally I was out to dinner last night and I, I do get this. Um, I was out to dinner last night in mobile with a bunch of lawyers and I walk into the, to the what we're, place where we're meeting to go to dinner. And they're like, Oh, you clean up well. Um, and no one used to say that about me that you clean up well. And literally I got multiple comments on my sport coat. Here's what happened one day. Two years ago, I walked in and I said, I need better sport coats. This is ridiculous. And, uh, and Paul helped me find two sport coats, one of which appealed to me instantly. And then one of which he said, why don't you think about this one? And it was a little bit out of my uh, comfort zone. It was a little bit of a stretch for me, a little more. And, uh, and I get comments on both of them. They're both stunning. Two years later, it, and this is what happens. When you buy a beautiful piece of clothing – Two years, like you're still, you're grateful you have it. You're thrilled to put it on. You know it makes you look better. You feel it's just, it's a, it's, it's a world that it took me a long time to enter. But now that I've entered it, I've under, I understand completely. 
Ocall, uh, they've, they've got incredibly good people. It's got incredibly beautiful clothing, and they, uh, that'd be a good place to head in this afternoon or tomorrow morning. Um, when we come back, Jason Smith will join us, and then Chris Harrington, then Jeffrey's Betts. He's got 16 of them today. Jeff Gawkins Show, 1992 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Trista Crick with BetQL. Everyone and I mean everyone has their eyes and their money on Deion Sanders in Colorado this weekend. They take on Oregon and face a Ducks team that is lighting up the scoreboard. If Colorado couldn't stop Colorado State from scoring, how will they stop Bo Nix? They won't. Love the over on Oregon's team total 45 and a half and the over on Bo Nix's passing yards at 316 and a half. I'm Trista Crick, helping you beat the books and bet smarter with BetQL. Download the BetMGM app today. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Howie, we try to put into 30 seconds everything you want to say about Robert Irwin Jewelers. What's most important to you? I can't believe how many events, how many occasions, how many celebrations that we've been a part of. And it just like warms my heart. And I thank you for that. We know that everybody is unique. Everybody's an individual. And we've got the right piece of jewelry for you. And if you haven't had the Robert Irwin Jewelers experience, I invite you to come in and check it out. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices. Robert Irwin Jewelers, five locations or online at rijewelers.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Filipponi here bringing you the parlay of the day brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Week three of the NFL season on Sunday. Let's dive into the biggest games and put together a surefire parlay. The Patriots have won 14 in a row against the Jets. Let's stretch that to 15, only a two and a half point favorite in New York. I don't think Zach Wilson can move the ball in the Patriots defense, even with their banged up secondary. Against all odds, I'll hold my nose and bet the Bears in Kansas City. Justin Fields has promised to be himself. If he runs, Chicago will hang around. Love the Cardinals getting huge points versus the Cowboys. Arizona could be easily 2-0 right now. And lastly, my upset special, Carolina in Seattle to beat the Seahawks on the money line. A $10 bet on this parlay pays over 200 bucks. That's it for the parlay of the day. Brought to you by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app today and make every moment more with America's number one sports book. 21 plus in President Tennessee. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call TN Redline. 1-800-889-9789. Are you looking to shoot your shot? Long Shot at Arrive Memphis is serving up great bites, beers, and your favorite games on TV. This season at Long Shot, the playbook is wide open. They've got delicious food, classic drinks, and a crowd cheering on your favorite college and NFL teams in HD. Are you game for a little shuffleboard and beers on draft during halftime? Long Shot has got you covered. You and your team can kick off the season in style at Long Shot inside Arrive Memphis at 477 South Main. The Majestic Grill might just be that one place that can be everything to everyone. I'm not the person who first said that about the Majestic Grill, but I think it's absolutely true. It's the place to go for a downtown business lunch, and it's also the place to go before a show at the Orpheum. And it's also the place to go to sit at the bar and have a cheeseburger, and it's the place to go for a date or a special dinner out. So swing by their beautiful restaurant at 145 Main Street. The Majestic Grill is a slice of Memphis history that Denny and Patrick Riley have filled with a warmth that is hard to describe and harder to resist. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since my family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, they can stream and game like usual on all their devices all over the house. Oh, who moved the couch? So everybody stays connected while I just try to find a seat in the dark. Oh, cactus? Can I get a little help over here? Yeah, bro. Just let me finish this boss battle. Sure. Go ahead. Medic! 
Get fast, reliable Xfinity Internet with StormReady Wi-Fi so you can stay connected for up to four hours through power outages. Only from Xfinity. Plus, save up to $20 a month over Verizon. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. StormReady Wi-Fi limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash StormReady. Savings compares Xfinity gig to Verizon Fios gig. Rev up your engine and get to Southland Casino Hotel every Friday and Saturday. Win up to $2,500 in free play and finalist tickets from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Every Saturday at 10.30 p.m., the grand prize winner will drive off in a 2023 Nissan Kicks. Earn entries daily, so cruise on in to Southland Casino Hotel. Must be 21 plus. Play responsibly for help quitting. Call 800-523-4700. The Nissan names, logos, product names, feature names, and slogans are trademarks owned by or licensed to Nissan Motor Company Limited and or Nissan Trading Company Limited. Nissan is not a sponsor of this event. Found the roof leak. Where? See those shingles? What do we do now? I pity the fool. You need the A-Team. What? A-Team Roofing in Collierville, one of only two diamond contractors in the Mid-South. They're a licensed general contractor, but also a licensed insurance adjuster. When it comes to insurance approval, the decision really is in the details. Well, yeah. Get your roof done right. Call the A-Team, 901-605-ROOF. I pity the fool that doesn't check out our online reviews. You okay? I'm A-OK. A-TeamRoofers.com. Tired of boring work lunches? Jazz it up with Owen Brennan's Executive Express Lunch. Dive into business with classics like pasta jambalaya or the world-famous crawfish etouffee. Weekdays from 11 to 4, Owen Brennan's, where the good times and the business deals roll. Paul Young has some radical ideas. Ideas that are downright dangerous for Memphis. He wants to limit MPD's ability to make routine traffic stops. At a forum last April, Paul Young said he doesn't believe jail is a deterrent to crime. And while juvenile theft and car break-ins have skyrocketed this year, Paul Young told the Commercial Appeal he doesn't see juvenile crime as an issue, saying he's not hearing widespread broad complaints about the young people. If Paul Young can't see the problem, how can he solve the problem? That's why we need Floyd Bonner as mayor. He'll make fighting crime his number one priority, enforce traffic and curfew laws, hold parents accountable for damage caused by their kids, And Floyd Bonner will fight for stricter sentencing laws so violent criminals stay behind bars. Right now, the stakes are too high for on-the-job training. We need a mayor who's ready on day one. Floyd Bonner. Paid for by friends of Floyd Bonner for mayor. Shirley Jackson, treasurer. Ready to elevate your holiday luncheons and parties? Owen Brennan's has private dining rooms for large groups as well as intimate gatherings, incredible food, and cocktail menus to fit any budget. Don't wait. Book your holiday party today and let the good times roll. The Mid-South Fair returns to the Lander Center September 21st through October 1st. Don't miss the fun, the food, the games, and rides. Get your tickets today. Visit MidSouthFair.com. That's MidSouthFair.com. You know that feeling you get when your team goes big? You can get that same feeling on Zen Sports, where you score with cash rewards every bet you make. Earn cash rewards on your betting volume each month, and even more cash during your 15-day welcome bonus period. So say goodbye to deposit bonuses that turn into deposit nightmares, and say hello to a better sportsbook experience and real cashback rewards. Zen Sports. Betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and up in Tennessee to bet. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. You may think I have uh, talked too much about the pork belly confit at uh, Bounty on Broad, but I'm telling you, if you have it, you realize I, you would realize I haven't talked enough about the pork pork belly confit at Bounty on Broad. I went out to this dinner last night in Mobile, and there was nothing on the table that was remotely as good as the pork belly confit or the fried oysters, honestly, at uh, at Bounty on Broad. We're lucky. It's a beautiful restaurant, two stories, restored building right there on Broad Avenue. And uh, food spectacular. Uh, ambiance is just wonderful. And uh, and then of course on Wednesdays you got twenty five percent twenty five cent martinis between five and six, 
and half-price bottles and glasses of wine. That's Wine Down Wednesday. So go see uh, Funny and Buzz, 410-813-1, Broad Avenue. Joined now by Jason Smith. Jason Smith is, of course, a fan of the Chicago Bears. Also, uh, John, every single day from 11 till 2. I ask you, Jason, the question that I asked Jeffrey, is this a free shot for the Memphis Tigers? Or given the need for a momentum-changing victory in the, in the broader sense here in this city, uh, is it more complicated than just a free shot? No, it's still free shot. I, I, get, I get the point of asking the question, like you, because I, I've sort of asked a similar one. There may never be an opportunity like this again for Ryan Silverfield to make, you know, to, 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 to make people believers, uh, particularly the ones that, have, uh, that you've you know, perhaps lost along the way. Uh, to get them back, you know, to start that, 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 you know, in terms of grabbing that, you know, seizing, however big that is at, yeah, you may never get that back again, but that said, you could start to build momentum. You lose this game. You could start to build momentum back with a win against Boise state and a win against Tulane. I mean, if people see that, you know, the ultimate goal is still achievable and that's making an AAC title game and, and ultimately winning it. And, and, you know, maybe that's, are going to come down to Tulane, that we get a litmus test very early here in a few weeks when you, when you get a shot at them, then I think you can still build momentum and still get, you know, people more excited than they were certainly to start the year and where they are right now. So, so it's still the free shot um, that, that we're all saying it is. And since the men, there's no pressure on you. Nobody expects you to win. Frankly, it may be, you know, this may be one of the few times where there's less pressure on you as a head coach than the guy that's across from you. Because I tell you, Eli Drinkwitz can't afford to lose this game. That most of that fan base out on him, and so you know, following up. Okay, you guys were talking about Memphis. You know, following up its biggest wins with some L's. You know, for for Missouri, if they followed up this this Kansas State win and getting that this chance to seize a little bit of momentum and for Drinkwitz to make some believers, they follow that up with a loss to Memphis and what's essentially a home game. Well, he's even further out than he already is, and so. For him, there's more pressure. And like I said, for Silverfield, this is one of the few times that's probably going to be the case, at least this season. And so you have to go into this uh, uh, willing to pull out all the stops. Memphis is, you know, they're five for five on fourth downs. They need to, you know, Jeffrey made a good point. They are all, they've been awful this year on third downs, um, but they have been in terms of willing to go for it, you know, uh, effective enough on fourth down that, at least you're not talking about a team that, hey, man, we don't, we don't take chances. You've got to continue to do that in a game like this. And initially, when that SEC physicality is hitting you in their mouth, you can't allow it to just completely change your game plan. You know, that's what I'm saying. If you, if you, if you run it the first couple of times, you know, it's negative yardage, which we could all see. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden you're saying, man, we got to scrap the run and go off, make this a set in again. I think you're playing right into Missouri's hands. And so whatever it is, uh, do it with a you know do it with a, a clear mind and knowing that you got nothing to lose may as well go as upset of balls to the wall and try to win this thing. Uh, your co-host has a story up at the Daily Memphian about Deion Sanders and about not just the impact that he's having across the country because that's obvious. I mean you know you've got everyone scrambling to to move their pregame shows there. The ratings are through the roof, but even in a world where the ratings are through the roof. The ratings, and some you talked about on your show as well, the ratings in Memphis, among the highest in the country, um, seventh highest uh, uh, among all markets right now uh, for, the, for the most recent game against Colorado State. Um, is Memphis a Dion town? Oh, this country is a Dion nation, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I think. Because the question you're asking me, I think, essentially is, you know, is, is – how much of this is, is black America supporting Dion? We know, you know, Memphis is a predominantly black city, biggest in the country in terms of predominantly black cities. Uh, of course, you've got a, a, a great number of people here that are interested in Dion. If you think about this, I mean, you know, from, a, from a, the fact that he's come from the HBCU world where he rocked that world. Like he, you know, it, I mean, he, 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 in terms of attention level, no, the Power Fives and Division One coaches didn't have to, but the rest of college football did because he was essentially doing it there. And and it was there that through that HBCU tie and through you you started to have Black America behind Deion Sanders in a way that perhaps 
they hadn't been before. Of course, they're behind Dion. You know, we, 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 you know, in terms of what Dion's represented, you know, the best at his position, some would say best ever to play the game. Um, he's always been a point of pride, but now doing it in a new way because he's saying, hey, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this at the HBCU level. Number one, they're, they're making me do it, quite frankly, go this route. And he got folks, and now he's brought that to the Division One. In the same energy, though, that you had, though, at the HBCU level, you brought it now to the Division One level. You're winning big. These players that most of America did not see, Shador Sanders, number one, who Mel Kuyper wasn't watching when he the last two years he's throwing for over 3,000 yards, is now doing it against TCU. He's doing it, right, frankly, week to week. And, 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 and the rest of the nation is saying, holy cow. And so you've got this combination of energy where the, the folks that have said, well, he's just doing it down you know, at a lower level and he won't be able to do it here are now tuned in. You've got black America still saying, you know, with him saying, we told you so. We told you you could do it everywhere. And, yes, it's, it's a semi-phenomenon. There's no question about it, and one that you know television executives can't get enough of right now because everybody's watching. So it's not just again black folks watching Dion. However, you've got it, you know it. There was something that was started there um, that's obviously continued, and now people are hopping on everywhere. And it's like I said, it's not just Black America now. It's clearly national. This phenomenon is national, and everybody is watching him. Some to see him fail. Some still hoping. I think now. Clearly. I mean, you've got both sides of it, the ones that are pulling for him and the ones that are pulling against him. And I think ultimately what you get is, you know, this mass of folks that um, many of them rooting and cheering him on and many of them still rooting against him and wanting to see him fall on his face. But it's, uh, you know, it's become an American story now more so than than a, a, a black America story. In, in, I mean, it's clearly a national story. It, it, it is interesting, though, now that you bring it up, and I literally just thought about this as I was when you when you said people also rooting against him. No question. I actually reminds me of, and I'm not comparing his level of accomplishment yet. But Tiger Woods is a is a is a black man who is who is wildly successful in a traditionally white space that has been oh you know we want golfers golfers look and talk and whatever a certain way right and football coaches the same thing typically over like whatever they're all aw shucks white dudes right and um and so then you and then you have this guy who is doing it in a different way if it feels like who is succeeding at a high level and you have people enthralled by it, and then you have people rooting against him too. Is that meta? Is that analogy hold up? Mate, I think you can apply the same, you know, the same logic to, to to Penny Hardaway in the same way that people were rooting against him. I don't, I, and I think Penny Hardaway, in many ways, has has convinced or changed the minds of a lot of people. I, I'll use my partner as an example, not not to pick on John, but if you think about where John was at with this Deion Sanders thing. We, we were both in the same place to begin with, which was, man, should he take the Colorado job or could you just wait with what you're doing? This is going to be hard. So we start in the same place, but think about what happens after that. Dion goes to Colorado. He tells the kids, get up out of here. I got the Louie coming. At that point, John says, I don't like this. I don't like the way he's talking to the guys. And not only is he going to – this was now this is me telling you this, and John would need to do but I've told it to him on the air. Not, not only was John still convinced Dion's going to fail, but now he's got a little energy in it. Don't like the way he talks to those kids. And so from, I would tell you that whether it was to say, hey, I was right, Dion failed on the, you know, on the field, we all said this was the wrong job to take, or, man, now he's got a little getting a little comeuppance, he's losing, look at the way he talked, remember the way he talked to those kids. John was rooting against him to start the year. Look at John last week. He's telling you, man, I want to, I'm a sunglasses and a, a, a hat nation guy. <laughs> Dion has now got John rooting for him. And we can all point and pinpoint and say, well, that's just John. He'll go from one end, one extreme to the other on these things. But frankly, it's what Penny Hardaway has done with the way he's coached. He's convinced people that, you know what, you can come up the way he has. You don't have to sit a, as an assistant coach on somebody's bench for 13 years and what we all thought pay your dues. It, it, there are some unique situations where this can work. Look at the way Penny's owning the transfer portal right now. And so, I, you know, he, he converts people. Pat Forty, uh, 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 there's no question a Penny Hardaway convert. There's no question about it. And so, yes, I think there are people that root against Dion that he will never convince. And then there's a group of folks that 
all the way go from rooting against him to rooting for him. And, again, that's all part of the phenomenon. But, yeah, no, I, I think you've got, Jeff, to sort of bottom line this, there are people still pulling as hard against Dion as, as the forces that are pulling for him. I still think that's, I think that's a part of America. You go back to Tiger Woods, I think that's part of us. You know, we, we love to see the, the, the guy fall off the, 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 the you know, the pedestal. We, we do all – Russell Wilson's a guy that's sort of been, you know, sort of been put up, eh, can't wait to see when he fails just because of, of what he's represented at times over his career or, or how cornball some of his – oh, can't wait till he falls. You know, but Tiger Woods is a better example. And, listen, the other thing we like are redemption stories. And I think, you know, Tiger's had that and um, we'll see. But, again, this is – you know, you got forces pulling against Dion and forces pulling for him. I just think the phenomenal part is, is when he converts people. And, Penny, like we've said, Penny Hardaway is – certainly done that in his five years at Memphis. The Penny stuff is interesting because it really is. And obviously Penny has not succeeded at, at this point. It hasn't caused the sensation that, um, that Dion has. But if you look at it, here's two guys who were sensational at their, at their, as, as athletes who were not just sensational, but were, it had a, had a style to them that, you know, and then they had, they had the nicknames. It's Penny, it's Dion, it's Prime. It's like all of that. They're the Nike connection. And yet they are forced, both of them, when they start. Like Prime went and were, had to, you know, he was at a high school before he was at HBCU. Penny was at a high school. Like, for whatever reason, they don't get to walk right in and, and, and start at the top. When they, when they take the jobs, there is deep skepticism about their ability to succeed. There's right. deep skepticism about the way they come in. One saying, I'm bringing my Louie. One saying, I want all the smoke. They're both uh, outspoken in terms of the way they address things. They both have incredible staffs, honestly. They both went out and hired experienced, incredible staffs. It really is, again, Penny has had more bumps early than Dion has, but in a way he, he the, the, the template came from Penny before Dion started using. I mean, it is, it's, it's the, the parallels are really pretty striking. No, no I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. That's why, that's why I, I think, you know, I, I'm reminded of sort of when I, when I watch Dion do this and they, they do do it a little bit differently. Look, you know, Penny came in and he, and he, he was in a way like Dion in the sense that, you know, if it was Rick Barnes or he felt, man, I'm going to shoot it back at him. And, and, and I do think over the five years now he's pulled back. He's even, he's even said publicly he regrets the exchange now. He, he's changed a little bit in the sense that uh, I don't have to say everything that's on my mind or publicly challenge every guy or whatever else in every situation. There's, there's a gamesmanship to this. Sometimes it becomes more of a distraction than I need when I, when I say immediately what's on and, and right now, Dion's still in that phase. But what I would tell you is to remember, too, that they are a little bit different in this sense, too. But remember, Penny, as the player, needed little Penny to do the barking for him. And while I'm not telling you that Penny Hardaway won't still – this coach Penny Hardaway, fifth year, you know, going in, what, sixth year as being the Tigers coach, isn't still willing to do that. Remember, he's still that guy, though, that, yeah, he'll have the Louie on, but, but he's not going to publicly embarrass anybody. Like Dion's, like there's a little bit different. So I, I saw one, one, one guy on, on Twitter, we were talking about this, you know, on, on our show. We had a, a, a guy point out, well, Dion's more like the, the, the pastor at the front and doing most of the bark, and Penny's more like the deacon where he's a little bit more quiet. And he's take, and, and I, I look, and, and that's, a, that's a decent, I would say, comparison. But um, I think Penny has found, while willing to say, you know, not, not hold his tongue, I think he has sort of, Having done it now for a while and having invited some headlines that he hasn't won, I think he's sort of – he picks his spots now. And so there's a little bit of difference there. But in terms of proving people wrong, converting uh, naysayers, here, here's more what it is too, Jeff, earning the respect of your peers. The one who right. have done it the status quo way, Kelvin Sampson, but see you come in and see how hard your guys play for you and see how hard you coach on defense. And there is a respect earned there that I think both of them are – it's so similarly doing, and yes, Penny Hardaway was doing it years before Dion was. So there's no, there's no question he sort of laid out a blueprint. Not to mention, there's always been this former athletes can't come back, especially elite ones and be great coaches. And these guys are, these guys are pushing back against that old narrative. Jason, thanks very much. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Yeah, uh, Jason Smith uh, from Jason and John every single day from eleven to two. It is funny that used to be an old cliche. Great players don't make great coaches. 
because this is always what everyone would say, because they could just do what they did naturally and they couldn't explain genius, right? You the can't, Ted Williams. If, what? Yeah. Ted Williams. I, I, yeah. I, you can't explain genius. And so that's why you're not good at it. You'd hear that all the time. And, uh, and these two are obviously different, but Penny thing, I do wonder, there's no question he has toned down and is no longer as, as, uh, as, you know, as bold in his statements. I do wonder if he had had the success that Dion has had early, if he would have toned down, like he, I think what he realized is he had bumps in the road early, both because of the NCAA, because of injury, whatever else. Um, and so I think he somewhat changed his course and is not as out, you know, out, I say outrageous, but some people would deem it outrageous in the way that Penny acted or the way that the Dion acts. Dion, there's no reason for him to turn, turn it, tune anything down 